Welcome back to the baseball podcast, everybody. This is your host, Tom Quirk. I'm here with my co-host, Ethan Pachersky, and unfortunately, we have bad news. Uh, I don't know how to say this, but we received our second fan mail of all time, and uh, it appears that our use of sound effects, some call it our liberal use of sound effects, may have uh, rubbed some people the wrong way, which means that uh, we're going to have to make some changes going forward. Um, you know, we're not going to be able to use sound effects, you know, drops, many call them with the same frequency that we have been. Uh, we are going to be using them more frequently. <laughs> so instead of, you know, for example, maybe saying this, how much more betrayal can I take? We might do this. How much more? We're nope, not going to nope. do it like that, but we are going to be using more of them. So we just just to address just so people don't feel like when they send fan mail that it, it falls on deaf ears you know we don't yeah, want they, them to feel they like they're heard yeah we they don't want heard. them to feel like they're they're shouting into the void so um ethan you know we do have a guest coming on somebody who is uh famous for talking about baseball and also also famous for talking about international and uh it, it seems that way doesn't it <laughs> yeah that's you know according to his name anyway <laughs> Uh, he's a gentleman named Baseball International. Will be coming on. Well, his and, name's uh, Eric. His channel's called Baseball International. No, no, no. His legal name is Baseball International. Uh, yeah, Eric must be his middle name. Baseball International, Eric, and then Jones or whatever. Yeah, Esquire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What? What? Uh, we're going to be talking about. You know, uh, their their rosters just dropped today, so we're going to talk about a couple of those. Um, he's a little bit more of an expert on shall we say eastern baseball than we are so uh you know i'm hoping that we will uh be able to talk to him about that since uh you know japan is they're not the favorite but they're one of the top three turn teams in the tournament they they might be the second best team at this point so you know it's good to get some insight on that um another one of the things that we're going to be talking about is uh mlb trying to grow the game and uh, the the way that I have uh, the way that I've decided to express MLB's approach to growing the game, forgive me MLB, okay, I love baseball, but I've decided to to express it thusly. So rather than doing this, I want to play a game. MLB, rather than doing that, they're doing a lot of this. So you know they they would rather make money and pay well all their games behind you know apple tv and like evidently peacock this year and all that type of stuff and uh we're going to talk a little bit about brazil where they are also doing this instead of growing the game so uh yeah we're hoping to get some some good stuff out of uh our friend baseball international he's uh you you guys should probably refer to him as mr international yeah, just put a little respect on his name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, treat him with the, with the formality <laughs> that he deserves. Don't treat yeah. us with the formality. I mean, treat yeah. us with the formality that we deserve by not treating us with any of it. And uh, yeah, Ethan, the, the respect, to... the respect that a man with a flourishing baseball YouTube channel deserves. Right, and respect us with the respect that a not flourishing baseball podcast deserves. Podcasting being an inferior medium. Now, Ethan, do you have anything to add? Before we uh, before we traverse these waters alongside Baseball International, 
Well, I would just say that I don't think it's the podcast is, is an inferior medium. I think it's the hosts are inferior. Eric is talented and, oh, wow. and oh. diligent, and he and he puts in hard work, and we don't do any of those things. Yeah, we don't have any I mean, of those <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I will say I'm going to get a little esoteric here. Whoa. I was talking with Sean, Sean Spradling, friend of the show. Okay, and I was best talking to him about the show. Yeah, best friend of the show. And I <laughs> and I was talking to him, and I was like, hey, you know, if you have time, we should do an episode next week because you know the rosters are going to be out. And I was like, I know it's really busy though, and and he's been growing like crazy. He's got like over six thousand followers now, and good. Good for Sean, man. Round He's got his own podcast. He's got yeah. his own podcast, WBC Central. Go check it out. He just did an awesome live stream for the World Baseball Classic roster reveals. Sean, I couldn't be more proud of you. I know I know that means the world to him. But, I could be um, more proud of Sean, but only because I think the sky's the limit. All right. <laughs> yeah, I could be more proud of you. I'm choosing not to be. But yeah, so, and, and you know what? Not that there's anything wrong with that. And he's right. But but anyway, I texted Sean and was like, hey, if you have time next week, I know it'll be crazy, but we should do an episode about the rosters. And he was like, oh, man, I'd love to. And he was like, I'm like double booking myself with podcasts, though. And Ooh. I was like, oh, well, and, well, and I was like, I don't want you to like, I was like, I don't want you to, you know, I was like, don't worry about it. And basically what I said was I was like, look, man, you got to get yourself out there. You you should be going on a bunch of shows that you haven't been on before and like expanding your audience. You shouldn't be coming on our show for the third time when we're two idiots with 28 YouTube subscribers. And he, and he texts me back and Sean is such a nice guy. He texts me back and he goes, but I want to help grow you guys too. So what <laughs> he was said, saying, what he was saying was. I was trying to help you out, get you something started. <laughs> yes, Steve Harvey. Yes. But so I was like, I, I basically texted him back and I was like, Sean, I appreciate you so much. And he's such a good guy. I love him. But basically what I said was I was like, I was like, Sean, you're so good at getting yourself out there and marketing yourself and constantly like all day long tweeting out stuff and putting up clips and TikTok videos and everything. And that's what you got to do if you want to grow. I don't want to do any of that, man. I'm bad right. at it. And, and every once in a while I have this like awakening where I'm like, man, like nothing's separating me from being Sean. Like I could get out there. I could be tweeting, like, you know what it is? And I could grow this podcast and I could have a lot of fun. I could try to make money off of it and get like subscribers and everything. And then I think about it and I'm like, I don't want to do that though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know how I would summarize this? There, there is one thing separating us from Sean and you know what that is? Those talent. Are... Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly talent. What it is. But dude, it yeah. really is like, I, I like tell, I told Sean this, I was like, I really admire about you that you're like really diligent and hardworking about this because like, he's just some guy just like me and you, he doesn't work in baseball. You know what I mean? He doesn't like, as far as I know, he hey, doesn't whoa. have any credentials that we don't have. I work in baseball. That's a good point. That's the good hell point. are you talking about? That's a very good point. But my point, though, is <laughs> like Sean literally just went out there and did a bunch of hard work. And now he's seeing it pay off. And he's got a podcast. And he like he had on Josh Wolf on his live stream. He's going to play for Israel. Like, it's awesome. And I'm so glad yeah. for Sean. I'm not good at that. I don't have ambition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I have this little podcast and I have fun and we sit down sometimes to record an episode and that's that. Good for Sean, though, really. In all seriousness, yeah. he he deserves all the success that he's having right now. And uh, I'm I'm glad to call him a friend yeah. and a friend of the show. Um, and you know what? what? When when it's right for him to come on our podcast, I would love to have him on again. But you know what? He's got his own profile to grow. Yeah. And, and th you know what they say? And Sean, this this goes out to you, okay? This goes out to you, Sean. If you love something, let it go. <laughs> Is that how I feel about Sean? I love you too much to drag you down. <laughs> yeah, sh listen, Sean, I love you. And this is not platonic. 
That's why I'm letting you go. <laughs> well, well, we've talked a lot about Sean, and he doesn't even know that. We've oh. talked a lot about Sean. Take it easy. We've talked I, a lot about dude. You, you can't. can't just, we've talked. You can't we've talked a lot please. about Sean. Tom, let's talk about our guest that we have coming yes. on today, Mister yes. Eric. I didn't think to think of it to ask about his last Eric, name, but Eric Baseball International of Baseball International. <laughs> He's got an awesome YouTube channel where he does recaps of leagues around the world, a lot of the uh, Caribbean leagues and the South American leagues, and then obviously NPB, KBO, Australia, all that. So if you're looking for, you know, actual coverage of the leagues uh, all overseas, you got to check him out. He's awesome. He also mm-hmm. does videos of just sort of, you know, baseball in India, baseball in Pakistan, baseball in Australia, of just giving you a rundown of what the baseball scene is like there. And he also does stuff about how MLB can grow or not MLB, sorry, baseball as a sport can grow. Um, so he's just an awesome, an awesome source of basically the growth of the game and uh, seeing how it can grow in the future. So if you're into that at all, Go check him out. His baseball channel or his YouTube channel is called Baseball International. And you can find him on Twitter at Baseball Intern One. I didn't think to ask what yeah. he interned for, but I'm sure it was fascinating. Um, uh, probably just throwing this out here. I'm going to guess that he interned for baseball. Let's not go putting words in his mouth. That, Take it easy. You're right. Yeah. You know what? Take it easy. I was just going to say that I was listening to his, uh, his weekly recap today. Uh, where, where he was discussing uh, the Caribbean series. And uh, I got to say, his channel is the only place where you're going to find like any sort of in-depth coverage about this outside of like maybe the occasional article on like MLB.com or like Twitter. Well, if you're trying to follow, oh, I want to listen to a recap. He's pretty much it. He, so he's, he's, your the, guy. he's your guy. He's the only guy giving these leagues the kind of attention that, you know, the MLB kind of just gets by default. So if you want a, a quick recap of how the Caribbean series is going, which my team, okay, Venezuela has become my adopted team in the world for reasons that I don't have a good reason for it. They just have. Um, they evidently are doing really good. Evidently they smashed Cuba like 20 to 3 the other day. So uh, they're killing it. And uh, I only know that because I tuned in to baseball international on youtube and you know what that's a testimonial you should also tune into baseball international it's worth the price of admission yeah and you know you know what i would say to that if you decided that you were going to do that i would say not that there's anything wrong with that and he's right so and he's right if you're the kind of person who says i hate you hate him it's still for you so go ahead tune into baseball international Follow him on Twitter. I haven't watched every single one of his videos, but from what I can tell, he is not a Keith Hernandez heavy channel, which is good. Which is good for if you are the kind of person who despises Keith Hernandez, who says this. I despise him. If you're that kind of person, the channel's safe. You're you're going to be okay. Yeah, you're going to be. If you're not that kind of person, well, if you're the kind of person who only wants to look at things that have anything to do with Keith Hernandez. Maybe not that channel, but you know what? There's plenty of other places out there for you. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of them out there, though. So I'm going to go ahead and recommend Baseball International to 99.9% of our audience. So trillions, trillions of people. And he's right. (sighs) Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy our discussion with Baseball International, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Baseball Podcast. We're here with Eric, the uh, founder of the Baseball International YouTube channel. Eric, thanks for taking the time to come on. It's a lot of fun to have you today. 
And uh, right, why don't you tell us? Here. Yeah, sorry, I'm talking over you already. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell us about what you do and what your YouTube channel is and all that? All right. Well, my the name of the channel says it all: Baseball International. Uh, I uh, well, every Monday I do uh, something I call World Baseball News, where I just talk about everything that's gone on in baseball in the past week. Uh, that includes in the winter nine different leagues, uh, all in the Caribbean and Australia. Uh, in the summer, uh, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, and Mexico, and four European leagues. That's Netherlands, Italy, Czech Republic, and Germany. And any other things like WBC right now is big news. Uh, any mm -hmm. other international tournaments like Olympics or stuff like that. So that keeps me pretty busy. Then one other time during the week, usually on a Friday, I'll do something totally different. Uh, right now, it's all WBC rosters for each individual team. Uh, other times a year, I'll do a season preview or, you know, whatever, stuff like that. But it's all international baseball. Occasionally, so, Major League Baseball. Yeah. Well, they can they cross over a lot. So, yeah. So, how, yeah, how did yeah. this all get started? What made you want to do this? Well, um, I've been into international baseball since 2009, WBC. I went to uh, Tokyo Dome, saw Japan and Korea. It was great. After that, I was researching about baseball all around the world. Uh, but at that time, it was hard to keep up up to date on it so uh i kind of got out of it plus my child was born so didn't have much time right. and uh really it was 2018 uh i got really fed up with the mlb announcers uh so i started using youtube for baseball like highlights and commentary and stuff up until that point youtube had just been music videos for me and i also started using twitter at that time because uh, I'd never had a Twitter account until 2018. I know I'm pretty slow on that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, noticed on, yeah, I noticed on Twitter uh, there was somebody putting out news about Japanese baseball in English, Korean baseball in English, uh, CPBL in English, but on YouTube there was nothing. Uh, if you searched for Japanese baseball on YouTube, usually you got some 22-year-old with his iPhone at a at Koshin or something recording 20 seconds and saying, woohoo, I'm at a Japanese baseball game, you know? Right, which right. is it's fine you know it's entertaining for some especially those who've never been to japan before but i think uh there was a good audience out there for people who wanted some substance so uh they wanted to hear about the leagues about the players a little about the history so that's how i got started okay that's yeah that's super cool so so obviously i'm assuming you're from north america how did you end up in japan uh first i was stationed here that was a long time ago and then uh, right before I got out, I met, uh, well, the girl that's my wife now, and uh, right. decided to come back here uh, to make the story short. And that's basically how it happened. I've been out here since uh, the first week of 2007. Okay. Wow. So, so it's been a little yeah. while, huh? <laughs> yeah, almost all my adult life has been spent in Japan. That's awesome. That's super cool. So uh, sidetrack, what did you do in the military? In the military, I worked on planes, F-18s. Uh, loading bombs up onto them, loading missiles up. So, Oh, that's super cool. Well, thanks for serving, man. Um, yeah. So, okay, so, so you stayed in Japan. Do you come back and visit the U.S. a lot? And do you ever go to MLB games or keep up with it and that kind of thing? Well, oh, shoot. Um, since 2007, when I've been living here, I've been back to the U.S. twice. Wow. Uh, 2009, I brought my wife back so my whole family could see her. And, yeah, I took her to a Cubs game. Uh, yeah, Cubs lost to the Reds that day. Carlos Zambrano <laughs> was pitching. Uh, Fukudome was there, so she got to get a picture okay. of her and show all her family. Oh, okay. And so that was cool. Uh, the ne next time was 2015. 
and no, I didn't catch a game at that time. That was a better uh, time to catch a Cubs game, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wish I'd gone to a Cubs game at that time. Yeah. But uh, then I was supposed to go out in 2020. I had plane tickets and everything. And, well, you know, summer of 2020, how that turned out. Right. Right. Yeah, it was was a warm summer, you know. (laughs) But that was the only notable thing that happened in 2020. Yeah, yeah, nothing else important (laughs) happened, yeah. Uh, Well, that's a bummer. So are you a big NPB guy? Do you go to a lot of games or anything like that? Uh, Yeah, I used to go like five a year but uh oh. now lately it's been you know, once every two years or so yeah i'm about by train about an hour from tokyo dome if i catch the rapid okay. train, so it's pretty convenient oh that's um, awesome now yeah. do you have a uh do you have a team like an adopted home team in npb or do you just kind of like root for you know the sport in general i have to be a giants fan uh, okay that was when I first met my wife's parents, I went to their home and in their living room, they had a big picture of Hara in there. They had a Jabbit doll. I don't know if you know, that's the uh, Giants rabbit. It's their mascot, mm. Jabbit. No, yeah. You learned uh, something there. Right. Hara is their manager, I should have mentioned. But uh, anyway, it was like all orange in there, you know, Giants colors. So okay. if I had chosen a different team to root for, it would have been really weird. Might have broken yeah. up the marriage. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So your wife's a big baseball fan too? Yeah, she's a pretty big fan. And uh, our daughter's become a big fan now, too. She's 12, so she uh, makes a habit of memorizing uh, jersey numbers for all the players. She often steals my baseball guide, so it's <laughs> really cool building a baseball family out here. Yeah, so you're raising her right, is, is what it's yeah. like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's Dude, awesome. That, that's like the sort of thing that, that I used to be able to do Like when I was like 15. I had like every roster on every team memorized yeah. now i'm like oh, yeah. wait a minute ben intendi's on the white Sox now like <laughs> when did this happen like i yeah. i watch baseball but like you know back then there's nothing taking up any hard drive space so i'm like oh well <laughs> Corey sullivan was on the bench for the rockies that year i know that and so yeah you now, know. now you got to devote brain power to like doing your taxes and stuff today it's terrible oh, yeah. so okay yeah. so so i do want to ask about about your youtube channel we're, we're all over the place but i never have a plan for anything but so with your YouTube sure. channel, how exactly did you come to the decision to start doing it? Did you just say, you know, I love this and I want people to know about it or, you know, what happened? Uh, I can't really remember, actually. Yeah, it was just the end of 2018. I said, damn it, I'm starting a YouTube channel. And <laughs> my first video went up on January 10th, 2019. That was the uh, yeah. was it guide to Nippon professional baseball, about a 20 minute video. And looking back on it, I sound kind of awkward, kind of fake, but uh from what wow. I hear, everybody's first YouTube channel is kind of like that. But. Yeah, don't don't we all? So I remember every first... every early YouTube video I've ever watched from any channel sounds like that. So I, I think you're right. Yeah, don't don't feel yeah. bad. Uh, so so the the way I found you is I found that video that you did of the best player in the history of each country from MLB, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. And one of the things, and I'll just say this, I just think this is funny, is that I was watching this video for the first time. I remember it got to Panama, and you said Mariana Rivera, and I was like. That's a hot take. I feel like a lot of people go with Rod Carew. And the next one was the Panama Canal Zone. And I was like, good for you for sneaking them both in there. You know I, mean? uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just well, thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and I actually might have just picked uh I might have just picked Carew for all of Panama, but uh baseball almanac had him separated, Panama Canal Zone and Panama. So yeah, yeah, taking a run with it. So, okay, so how do you go about gathering all the information for these videos that you make? Do you, I mean, I'm assuming you can't watch every game from all the leagues that you're talking about. Of course not. <laughs> um, 
the best source of information for me is Twitter, really. I just follow all the accounts from different leagues around the world, and mm -hmm. I just take in what they get. I spend all my day screenshotting any good information they got, and then at the end of the week or start of the week, whichever video it is, uh, just put it all together, type it up, and speak. Um, but others, uh, you know, I Google search for some things and, uh, of course, baseball reference for the stats and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Sometimes I have to actually contact somebody to get some information because it's not anywhere online. But that's all. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh -huh. So are, pe are people usually willing to help you out or do you ever have to kind of bother people? Uh, yeah, most of the time people are re really anxious to help out, Nate. Really glad to give the information. Uh, there's been a few times where somebody's just never answered, but I don't yeah. know if they uh, know what the problem is. But that's the risk you run, you know. Yeah, that that always happens. That always happens. So I do want to I do want to ask because obviously the World Baseball Classic. We're recording this on Thursday, and the rosters were just announced like two hours ago. And I don't have you been able to see any of them? Uh, yeah, I actually I got up at eight o'clock this morning, which is six p.m. Eastern your time. So okay, mm -hmm. yeah. With breakfast, I had baseball rosters. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's so, why my house looks like crap. I haven't had a chance to clean it yet. But yeah, I mean, nobody all, all can I see can, it. Yeah, all I can see behind you is a door, so you're fine. So it's the so, only good part of the house right here. <laughs> so are you pulling for the U.S.? Are you pulling for Japan? Like, what, what kind of teams are you most interested in? It's hard. I'm not really pulling for anybody. Of course, I want to see the U.S. do good. It's, you know, the country I grew up in. I want to see Japan go, do well, too, because, you know, I support Japanese baseball and mm – -hmm. uh, it's good for NPB if they finish high because it's mostly NPB players. But uh, it's just a fun tournament. I don't get too involved in it. I don't get too passionate about rooting for one team over another. But I just right. enjoy it. Now, actually, this uh, you're you're probably the uh, most familiar guy that we've had on with NPB. So th this might be a good opportunity to talk about the Japanese roster, just because I mean everybody knows who Otani is. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with Suzuki and Yoshida. And, you know, over here we know who Lars Newtbar is. But the, a lot of the names on here, like, people don't know who they are in the United States. Me but, included. You know, yeah, the NPB is pro probably the second best professional league in the world. I mean, I would assume that NPB is probably at least on the same level as, like, AAA, if not maybe a little higher. Uh, so you between know, AAA these... and major league level, so it's higher yeah. than AAA. Yeah, it's like quadruple A. You know? Yeah. So you know all these guys on here who like, yeah, I don't know who Yuki Matsui is, but presumably he's one of the better players in Japan. So you know, uh, he's good. It might be a good time to talk about some of these names on here. You could maybe, uh, <clears throat> you could maybe teach some of our millions of fans more about maybe some of the underrated players on Japan's roster. Okay. Well, uh, the first thing is, yeah, this morning when they talked about, uh, well, this evening for you, when they talked right. about uh, Japan's roster, I was really disappointed because uh, uh, the lady asked the guy, you know, who do we need to look out for that we've never heard of? And all mm -hmm. he mentioned was Roki Sasaki. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you've heard he's of Roki the, Sasaki, right? He's yeah, the perfect that... game guy, right? Yeah, perfect game and almost two perfect games in a row, actually. So a week later, he threw eight perfect innings and was taken out. It's it was an amazing story. Wow! But, uh, Imagine being that manager. You walk out to the mound and you're like, I hate to do it too. <laughs> well, the manager was a uh, Tadahito Iguchi. I don't know if you know he was oh, uh, wow. former Philly, Philly's legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was managing the Chibalote Marines up until 
until the end of last year. The Marines mm-hmm. disappointed at the end of the season, and he resigned. So he's no longer the manager. Oh. But he was from, I think, 2018 to 2022. He was manager. Okay. So, okay. Right. So, so, so he's a big name, right? I'm assuming in Japan, and a lot of people in the U.S. have heard of him because of the perfect game thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing that was disappointing to me is they only mentioned Roki Sasaki. Uh, Sasaki right now, he's 21 years old. And he's uh, they're just still being careful with him, you know, pitch count, innings, uh, right. time between starts, because he's got a really strong arm. I mean, it could break any moment, you know, if not taken right. care of. Right. But uh, the pitcher you really got to look out for is Yoshinobu Yamamoto. OK, he is he's ready to go. He could go to over Major League Baseball right now. Uh, they're not being careful with him. He averages about seven and a third innings per start. Whoa. Yeah, he's getting he's, the Tanaka treatment. <laughs> <laughs> well uh he's just got a strong arm he can handle it yeah. uh he's won the pitcher's triple crown two years in a row now wow uh pacific league mvp two years in a row uh his numbers are very comparable to uh you darvish's before he left oh man that's a good comp yeah i have yeah, his numbers I- pulled up his numbers are crazy he's had a sub two era the past two seasons he's oh 23 <laughs> yeah oh my gosh uh, yeah. Uh, what do we got? His career hits per nine is 6.2. Mm-hmm. Uh, low walks, 2.1 per nine. I mean, uh, all right, well, you know what? I'm sold. Yeah, you sold I like you this, sold guy. Me on this guy. So I've heard a lot of people, I don't know if you're familiar with Sean Spradling, he's sort of taken up the mantle of marketing the WBC. And he, I've heard him say on a couple of occasions that Japan has the best rotation in the World Baseball Classic. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's hard to say because you're uh... – well, you know, yeah, you Darvish and Shohei Otani are great major league pitchers. Um, from what I've seen of Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Roki Sasaki, that would complete their four-man rotation. Mm-hmm. I think they are better pitchers than Darvish and Otani. So wow. if you put that together, yeah, that's the best rotation. But uh, they haven't actually been tested in major league baseball. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to say they have a better rotation than Dominican Republic. Uh, yeah. Well, Dominican Republic's taken a couple of casualties over the past week. So I feel like, I mean, I was talking to Ethan about this before we we got on. I feel like the Dominican Republic's rotation has come down from the best. I might Mm. hand it to Japan at this point, especially now that we're talking about this guy Yamamoto, who evidently is like the unsung hero of the tournament, you know, waiting to happen. Uh, So, yeah, maybe Japan has the best rotation at this point. Because uh, yeah. the guy's taking up the back end of DR, like, you know, Johnny Cueto used to be an elite pitcher. He's really not anymore. I don't even know who the other guy is. His name's like, it's something I think Contreras. he's like a big, pro- I think he's like a big time prospect. Rowan C, yeah. But it, it but, doesn't, yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem like, you know, that guy's on the level of, you know, either of the, the guys taking up the three and four spot on Japan. So maybe they do have the best rotation now. So am I correct in assuming these are the best pitchers in NPB? Uh, yes, those four are definitely the best. That's the best starting rotation. You notice uh, okay. Masahiro Tanaka is not there. I was uh, wondering about that because he's yeah, still I playing he over was there. Right? Make it. Uh. He's no longer a top 10 starting pitcher in Japan. Really? He's still good, but uh, just not not quite good enough. Right. Uh, he made the Olympic roster two years ago now, but he yeah. was just barely good enough for that. And I think they just gave it to him because of his major league experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's been good since he's come back, but he hasn't been like dominating like some people thought he would. So, so okay, so um, I have a question for you. Oh, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? 
No, no, no. Go ahead. So, so I did want to ask you something because you talked about um, Tanaka, and that made me think. Like, as somebody who lives in Japan, you know, your wife's Japanese. You obviously watch a lot of MPB. I want to know because I don't know anything about it. Um, well, I was talking to Sean about how Lars Nootbaar is now playing for Japan, and he wasn't born there. And that seems like kind of a landmark moment in the Japanese, uh, you know, national team like culture, I guess. And how do people feel about that? Also, how do you feel about that? Um, well, yeah, I talked to uh, a couple, both older guys that, you know, disagree with it and say it's just not necessary. Mm. I see where they're coming from. It's really not necessary to get a guy like him over here. I mean, you could just fill it, make it a whole NPB roster uh, plus major league Japanese guys. Right. But um, it's just one guy, and uh, you figure, like Naomi Osaka plays under a plays tennis under a Japanese flag, and right. she was born and raised in America, doesn't speak Japanese uh, except a few words and phrases, and everybody's cool with that. So uh, there shouldn't be a problem with Lars Nootbaar being on the roster. And altogether, I haven't heard too many complaints about it. He's just he's just another guy on the roster. So. Hmm. Okay, because see, the way that I always think about it is because I'm a big Team Israel fan, right? My, you know, my my mom's side of the family is Jewish and all. So the way I think about it is like there are plenty of guys that could play for Team Israel that aren't practicing Jews. You know what I mean? They might have a grandfather somewhere or their wife, something like that. But like, come on and play. It makes the team better. That's I want Team Israel to win. I don't really care if the players are super connected or not. It seems like maybe Japanese fans don't feel that way. They want to. I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you, What do you think? Well. Yeah, you got to remember, uh, baseball has been played here since the late 19th century. So, you know, getting close to 150 years, they built up their own traditions and everything. Um, I, I think one or two players like that, you know, just with some ancestry to Japan won't be an issue. It's uh, It would be if the team was overrun with players like that, then it would be an issue. But okay. I don't think they need to worry about that because, you know, right. you got so many strong players growing up here. Yeah, I okay. think even I would have an issue with that, honestly, because, like, there are a lot of countries like Israel, for example, who can't field a completely domestic team. Like, Japan would have no issue with that, and even if they even if they left the major leaguers off, they would probably have, what, the third best team? You know, I can't think of anybody who would be better except maybe, like, Venezuela. Yeah, top, like, five, yeah sure. top five, for Yeah, I mean, Japan's going to be fine. So I, if they were mad about guys who are not domestic being on their roster would be kind of like well yeah i mean you know they got plenty of japanese players who deserve to be there and you know maybe she get the first shot but it sounds like they're not worried about newt bar and again it is just one guy like you said so yeah so so, um, so in, oh god uh well we talked about uh your your underrated pitcher uh, so we talked about uh, Yamamoto. Is there a, a hitter, a position player on here that you think is a little bit of a sleeper also? Sleeper? Well, yeah, I wanted to mention uh, he's not a sleeper. I mean, he's the best hitter on the team, I think. Uh, Monetaka Murakami, okay. who had 56 home runs last year. Um, okay. It's going to be interesting to see how he does against uh, major, league pitcher, major league pitchers. Um, one stat that was brought up uh, recently from uh, Yaku Cosmopolitan, I don't know if you follow him, but he brought up that uh, the stat he got from somewhere, I can't remember where he got it from, but it's how uh, hitters in Japan do against uh, 95 miles an hour or faster pitches. Okay. And uh, uh, Tsutsugo, who's recently failed in MLB, was really bad, struck out a lot against pitches that fast. But Murakami is one of the best. Okay. Uh, so, and uh, that stat could help explain why a lot of players have uh, failed going over to Major League Baseball, hitters anyway. Mm-hmm. 
and why some have succeeded. Uh, Murakami, I think, is going to be still be able to crush the ball against major league pitchers. That was actually the example I was going to use. I was going to ask. I feel like contact hitters, for the most part, translate a little better from Japan Mm -hmm. than the power hitters do. Obviously, Matsui was a power hitter, and he was incredible. And then, like, Akiyama was a contact hitter, and he was bad for the Reds. But for the most part, I feel like the Ichiros, Nori Aokis, those kind of guys translate a lot better than the Sutsugos. But I think you just answered my question for me. Is it just velocity? I know there's also the style of pitching is a lot different. The pitches you see a lot more. Well, yeah, there's more off-speed pitches here. Um, there's some some guys can throw up to 100 miles an hour, but uh, more off-speed pitches. Also, there's a six-man rotation. So when you right. get to the bottom of that rotation, uh, it's getting pretty bad. I mean, those guys are not right. yeah. the best pitchers out there. So yeah. they need to also look at who they're getting their hits against. If a guy, you know, is uh, batting 320, you know, maybe over 500 slugging, who's he doing that against? Is it equally against every pitcher? Or is it just against the bottom of the rotation every time? No. Hmm. Okay. That's they need to look at. Now, does this, that is interesting. Do, does this kind of work for pitchers too? Like, like we talked about Yamamoto, uh, Sasaki is obviously somebody who gets a lot of attention. Um, the, like, do the pitchers who throw ninety-five plus are they? Do they tend to dominate way harder in NPB, or is there not really a pattern there? Not really a pattern there. Okay. So, um, yeah, some of the best pitchers uh, just don't throw very hard. Um, one uh, pitcher that's really missing is the uh, Central League ERA leader from last year, uh, Koyo Aoyagi. He's a great pitcher over here. Mm-hmm. Led all of Central League and ERA. Uh, yeah, he's a, not underthrow, but a sidewinder pitcher. Sidewinder, sometimes submarine pitcher. Gets a lot of ground outs here. Okay. Uh, he pitched okay. in the uh, Olympics a couple years ago, once against Dominican Republic and once against USA. And did not do well either time. Hmm. So they uh, saw that as a red light flashing and just didn't right. add him to the roster this time. Yeah, I okay. was actually going to ask why he's not on there, but that, I guess that's as good a reason as any. Yeah. So um, that's why. Okay. So anybody else you think people are sleeping on, or should we should we move on? Uh, well, hold on a second. We might move on, but let me think about the roster for a minute. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, uh, mm, I can read off some names if you want to have it pulled up. Yeah, do that. Maybe it'll ring okay. a bell. Now, I apologize in advance. <laughs> I don't speak Japanese, and I'm probably going to mispronounce a lot of these. Uh, I'll be able to figure it out. Sosuke Genda. Sosuke Genda, okay. Uh, yeah. Takuya Kai. Takuya Kai, all right. Uh, Kensuke Kondo. Kensuke Kondo, all right. Shugo Maki. Shugo Maki, all right. I like that name. It rolls off the tongue. Uh, there's <laughs> I, I like watching you be corrected every time you say a name. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I mean, me versus Japanese is just a terrible matchup. <laughs> Yuhei Nakamura. Nakamura, all right. Uh, Takumu Nakano. Takumu Nakano, all right. Oh man, <laughs> he said it way uh, better than you. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not there's Newt Bar, there's Otani. Uh, Kazuma Okamoto. Okamoto. Right. Okay. Takumi Oshiro. Oshiro. Right. Uh, U- Ukyo Shudo. I'm sorry. That, that's pretty close. Ukyo Shuto. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, that was the one that I thought sounded the worst. I was like, <laughs> I was ready to publish an apology. Um, Sia Suzuki. <laughs> Sia or Seiya? Seiya. Uh, Seiya. He's the guy Yamada. Who's that? 
Oh, Tetsuo Yamada. Yeah. Uh, Hotaka Yamakawa. Hotaka Yamakawa. Right. Masataka Yoshida. Yes. Okay. Um. Then on the, on the pictures. Yeah. Here we go. Ready? It's. We, there's more. Oh wait, I recognize one of these names. I think. Uh, Shota Imanaga. Shota Imanaga. Yeah. Yuki Matsui. Yuki Matsui. Yeah, I nailed that one. That was an easy one. That's like the John Smith of Japanese names. Uh, Hiroya Miyagi. Hiroya Miyagi, yeah. Keiji Takahashi. Perfect. Wow. Look, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm nailing it. Uh, Now, this one's a little tough. You Darvish. Uh, You nailed it. Hiromi Ito. Yes. Oh, man. I'm on a hot streak. <laughs> I'm going to screw this one up. Ryoji Kurabayashi. Oh, Ryoji Kurabayashi. Ryoji. <laughs> so close. That's a hard uh, one. Shohei Otani, a little, bit of a little bit of a nobody in baseball, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll do good. I mean, he obviously he made the roster, so he, he's the kind of player who maybe will stand up on the world stage. Uh, Taise Oda? Yeah. There you go. Nailed it. Uh, there's Sasaki. Uh, Hiroto Takahashi. Okay. Shosei Togo? Yes. Yuki Udagawa. Udagawa, yeah. We already talked about Yamamoto and Atsuki Yuasa. Atsuki. What's that name again? Yuasa. 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 Any names? Any names that you go, oh, that guy, I want to talk about him. Um. Well, uh, yeah, I would keep an eye on Shugo Maki, the okay. one who said rolled off the tongue so well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good name. I like that. Yeah, he's, so, uh, well, he's uh, a second. T- yeah, tell us a little bit about him. Um, yeah, he's the reason I bring him up is because he's you know so young. He's only been in uh two or three years. Yeah, not too long. Okay. So he's just up and coming in his career. He could be ready to break out. He plays second. He could play first too. They could move him over there. So. Um, just one of those guys that might be something. Uh, the other guys are mostly more established, a little bit older. Like mm-hmm. the other second baseman, Tetsuo Yamada, he was a 2015 MVP, but uh, okay. he's come down from that quite a bit. So, yeah, I mean, it's been what eight years at this point. Yeah, you know? it's been it's... a while. Okay, so, all right. Well, you know. So one thing I, I want to ask you about is we got flooded with decommitments and teams blocking players because of injuries mm. and stuff like that. And in the U.S., people are kind of going, oh, that sucks. I wanted to see Ronald Acuna play, you know, whatever. But, like, okay, I guess I get it because the team's playing. I get the feeling that that would never fly in Japan. But you tell me. Um, I don't know if it would never fly because uh, I remember back in 2009, Hideki Matsui didn't play because he had been mm-hmm. injured the year before. Uh, I think he was – fine and healthy at the time of the tournament but he was just coming off an injury so that's the same problem a lot of major league players have right now if they were injured for a significant part of the 2022 season it's tough decision to try and get in there and play you know this spring yeah Um, isn't that one of the one uh, that's one of the few situations where the team can actually block it as if they were injured for a certain amount of the season beforehand i think so yeah 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 so maybe that was what uh, happened with matsui yeah, well, I was also thinking about 2009 Koji Uehara, who went went to the Red Sox later, and he was ALCS MVP. Yeah, he was really he, good. Uh, 
Yeah, he was just switching from uh, MPB to MLB at the time. He'd signed with the Orioles. Um, mm-hmm. That's another thing. If a pitcher is signing with a new team, a pitcher or a catcher, it's a really tough call because you got to get you know adjusted to working with you know pitchers and catchers together. It's especially important. Um, yeah, because you're going to be working together for the next 162 games. So, right. uh, that's another tough call. As far as uh, players just saying, eh, it's not for me, or I don't want to break up my spring routine, I don't think that would fly very well over here in Japan. I've never heard that from anybody. There's right. always been a semi-valid excuse you know, as, as to why they shouldn't play. Right. Yeah, I assume I don't feel like it, it would just not be accepted. Right. Well, you know what? I, I wish we had a little more of that over here. Yeah. I think we, we do now a little bit because mm. now, I mean, pretty much the U.S. is sending almost all the best players they can, at least on the hitting side. But in years past, there was a lot of like, dude, we're, we're putting Mark DeRosa out there. <laughs> like there's like 10 better second basemen in the league than Mark DeRosa. Like, what are we doing? Right. Well, I think each WBC has gotten more and more popular. The crowd size mm-hmm. have gotten bigger. The viewers have gotten bigger. So they realize it's a big event. And at least for position players, it's been getting better every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with pitchers, eh, my attitude has always been just take what you can get. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you can get a halfway decent starter to sign up, I mean, good for him. You know, it's great. Uh, okay. So um, let's see. Just a refresher on the pool that Japan is in. Uh, they have Korea, who Korea is, they're a good team. I mean, they're not as good as Japan, but they're close. Uh, you have Australia, who is one of Ethan's favorite teams. You yeah, have no, China. I'm, not, I'm not confident about Australia, though. Yeah, it's not looking good for Australia. You have China, who I I don't even know who's on their roster, but I don't imagine it's going to be like, oh, China coming up huge. And then you have uh, the Czech Republic, who, fun story, but kind of doesn't belong on the same field as Japan. (laughs) So I guess, I mean, the big matchup there is Korea. And I, is there, this is a little bit of an aside, but is there any kind of like rivalry between NPB and KBO or are they mostly like separate? Um, Well, there's a rivalry between Japan and Korea. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> especially in baseball, but yeah, all sports together. Okay. Um, not not so much between the two leagues, because uh, yeah, we don't have players going back and forth much anymore nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not too much. Uh, there okay. are some Koreans who will get really offended if you try to say, you know, NPB is so much better than KBO. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you'll have that. Well, you know, if, listen, that it. They're passionate. That's what we want. Right. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's completely. the, yeah, that's the matchup to, to look at in the pool B. Japan versus Korea is, uh, that's pretty much, I mean, they're the ones who are going to advance probably. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they are going to be the ones to advance. I have no doubt about that. Um, mm. thing is, I think Korea is in a really good position because, uh, their first game is against Australia. And the mm-hmm. coach has said he's going all in on Australia. Because really, they just need to beat Australia, and they're in. Right. It doesn't matter. They can lose to Japan. They're going to beat uh, China and Czech Republic no matter what. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see them losing to those teams. Yeah, I agree. It's not going to happen. So they are making, they are taking the right approach to it. Um, He said he uh, filled up his uh, pitching staff with guys that are good ground ball pitchers that he think will do good against uh, Australian hitters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to start Kwon Kyung Kim, probably. Um, that's their best pitcher. And uh, the good thing about that is they start him against Australia. That's the first game in Pool B. Then he will be ready for the uh, second round after that, the quarterfinals. Okay. Five days rest. Uh, J- uh, Japan actually has a dilemma there because their first game is against China. You don't want to waste a good pitcher against China. Right. But at the same time, you want to have that day one pitcher be ready for the quarterfinals. So they haven't really decided yet. Uh, so that's a tough call for them. Mm-hmm. Well, now, now, does Japan have a clear number one? Like, is it Otani or is it all four of them are roughly of the same caliber? So you could set it up whatever you want. I guess Otani would be the considered the ace right now, but it's really not clear on that. And it may not be a case of, you know, just putting your best pitcher against your best opponent. It may be whatever works best into the schedule. Right. So they got a decision to make there. Um, Australia, I think people counted out uh, right from the beginning, but uh, they're a better team than some people give them credit for. Uh, they got a pretty good winter league full of major league prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been playing, you know, all winter. They're ready to go. They don't need to yeah. shake off the cobwebs or anything. So, yeah. uh, but uh, they've been hit with some bad news. The worst one was Liam Hendricks with yeah. cancer. So that's a big loss. Also, Curtis Mead, he's a Rays prospect, I think. Yeah. Um, I think he was going to have a great tournament. Oh, Rays. Uh, yeah. I know that. I'll double uh, Rays, but you know. <laughs> and also, uh, but uh, yeah, the losses, plus the fact that Korea is just going all in against Australia. A Korean team that's absolutely focused on beating Australia, I think Australia has no chance. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's going to be tough. I think Australia is definitely the the clear third. I think they're Mm. well ahead of China and they're well ahead of the Czech Republic. But yeah, I I think I think it's I think it's it's uh, it's sewn up. We know it's going to be Japan and Korea. I mean, I'm pulling for Australia. They're cool. I think they're really fun. But yeah, but being the third best team in your pool is uh, yeah. I mean, that doesn't really mean that much. (laughs) Yeah, it's not particularly helpful. Although I guess you won't have to requalify, which which is nice. Although who knows, they might expand the tournament again, and then everybody who knows, who knows. But this guy Ray Chang is evidently a player manager for Team China, so that's yeah, he's be, an American guy. This that should be interesting. Who's Yusuke Masago? Is that an NPB guy? Masago, that's a NPB guy. Um, hold on a second, I lost your screen here. I can't uh, see you. Uh, <laughs> oh no. I mean, you're not. I don't know what much. I did. You're not missing much, but you know. Yeah, that's a good point. You're not looking at anything okay. good. <laughs> well, I can't see your faces. I got some. There's Ray Chang. That's what I see. Ah, uh, that's. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's fine. That's. I'm fine. sure he's. Yeah, a, I'm it. sure he's a handsome fellow. <laughs> okay, let me see. Um, Ray Chang is the highlighted guy. I don't know why. Yusuke I think just Masako, he's... I think that's the uh, SoftBank Hawks uh, hitter. Okay. He's been bouncing uh, back and forth between the top league and uh, minor leagues. Um, not mm. so good at the top league, though, so he's more Ooh. of a prospect. Poor China. Poor okay. China. Well, they're, yeah, they're growing. They're growing. Uh, yeah, they're hopefully. working on it. They're Do working you know on them about... right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anything about baseball in China? Because I feel like information is just impossible to come by. Okay. Well, I know that, uh, yeah, they had a league before like from 2007 to 2013, I want to say, it shut down, and then they started up again in 2020. And supposedly they've been playing every year, but I can get no information on it, no matter where I search. So right. that's yeah. all I know. It seems like, you know, 
with China being what it is on the information front, it seems like, yeah, it would be a little bit difficult to get specifics out of things there. Even though you'd think a baseball league, there, there wouldn't be any reason to like, you know, keep that under wraps, but who knows? I don't know. I don't run the government. I, maybe I should, but I don't. Right you now. should run the Chinese government. No, I should so, run so, the, the government, like the yeah, world just, government. I'm here for it. So yeah. do you so do you think there's any chance that baseball catches on in China at all? I don't think so. Um, they've tried everything they can, everything they possibly can. I guess if there was a you know, just one player that was like a Yao Ming type that just right. goes to major league baseball and dominates, it might attract some attention. Mm-hmm. But uh, they've really, really tried and just have not succeeded. Um, so I don't know. I'd, if it were up to me, I'd probably just give up because it's not really worth putting the resources into. I could be wrong yeah. on that. I don't know. But I mean, I, yeah, so, I it's going to be the sort of thing where like they could put as many resources into it as they want. But unless there's actual passion for it, then they're kind of just throwing good money after bad. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> So, so let me ask you about that. Obviously, Japan, huge baseball nation. Korea, not not too far behind. And Taiwan has the CPBL, which is growing and growing. Are there any other Asian countries that are big on baseball that people in the U.S. just don't really know about? Or is it just those three, really? Actually, not really. Um, yeah, after Taiwan, you have a big drop-off in just any kind of enthusiasm for baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. Philippines, I guess, would be the next one in East Asia. Uh because they used to be a baseball country if you go back like a century, but uh, basketball's right. really taken over there, and they have a hard time getting anything going. Um, really interested to see where Pakistan goes from here. Uh, that's on the other side of Asia, but of course they are way behind right now. Right. So, well, but they're the uh, only relevant country in that region, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just uh, last week, actually, there was the West Asia Baseball Cup that was won by. Pakistan, they won pretty mm-hmm. easily. Uh, so yeah, they don't have a lot of competition over there, and they're not really good enough to compete with the East Asian countries. So they're kind of stuck right now. It is kind yeah. of funny to think of like you think like the what is it the, the is it like is it called West Asia that region like the West Asian tournament? Yeah, usually usually South Asian region, South like Asia, okay. India. But uh, for this event, yeah, it's West Asia. But you think about uh, like uh, yeah. the the concept of a baseball tournament where Pakistan is an absolute juggernaut. It sounds funny, <laughs> but over there, in that oh, that's region, a, that's a yep. thing. Like like the the whatever like the WBSC like Oceania ones are like Australia runs the tables, and then New Zealand <laughs> is the second best, and then everybody else. It's hilarious. Yeah, there's nothing after that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, let me ask you this because you're obviously well versed in leagues all over the world. I we're very good on MLB, and I don't I don't know very much. I I pay a lot of attention to the ABL, but I don't know a lot about anything else. What are some things that you think baseball countries do really well to grow, and what are some things that you think other countries need to work on? So, for instance, Japan, Korea the a lot of the south american and central american countries like what do you think they do well to grow the game of baseball and then what do you think china and things like that would need to work on Hmm. well uh baseball is kind of a hard sell uh in a lot of countries especially if they have uh you know sports they already uh enjoy playing Uh, it's good to find a country where uh they have a good culture of going out to the ball field because one of the things that uh really killed baseball 
uh, around the 50s, 60s, 70s was when TVs became common in everybody's home. Prior to that, baseball had been building up a good audience in Europe because people wanted to watch sports. They just went out and watched, you know, they went out to the park and went out to the ball field and watched it. Uh, as soon as TV came out and soccer was on TV all the time, they stopped watching it. They stopped watching baseball. In America, football took over because it's more TV friendly. You know, you can see right. all the players on the field. Uh, whereas baseball, you just see three guys. It's right. not the same yeah. as seeing it yeah. in person. So you look at a country like Australia, um, they're doing well at baseball now, even though cricket, rugby, Aussie rules, football are the big sports there. And that's because people there really like to get out and go to the ball field. You know, uh, even if it's a sport they're not familiar with, they'll get familiar with it. Of course, they have year-round pretty good weather, so that helps too. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's best to try to bring baseball to countries that don't already have really established uh, sports. So, like, when I look at Africa, I think of uh, South Africa. Uh, that's the only country that's decent at baseball right now. But they're number one in the world in rugby. They also, well, soccer is their most popular sport. They got other sports, too. Mm -hmm. um, but a place like Uganda, I think, is going to be huge in the future in baseball. Because uh, they don't really have a sport right now where they can say they're, you know, the best in the world or one of the best. Um, and the Dodgers have an academy there. And just recently, there was a player that signed with the Pirates and another player that signed to play in college. Uh, can't remember what college it was. I think it's in Texas somewhere. Um, then last year, of course, there were two players that signed with the Dodgers from Dodgers from uh, Uganda and another one that went to college, that same college. So they are really up and coming. And the reason is just to get out there and introduce the game to them. You know, they're not trying mm -hmm. to show it on TV or anything. They're actually putting the bats in kids' hands and finding the best athletes to get out there and prove themselves. Mm -hmm. We talked to uh, – are you familiar with uh, Titus Mutuiri? What's that name again? Titus Mutuiri. He's Titus the president. Mutuiri. Yeah, he's the president of uh, the Kenya Baseball Federation. Okay, no, I didn't know that. I haven't uh, done so, a Kenya baseball video yet. So yeah, we we had him on the podcast. I mean, it was months ago at this point, but uh, I mean, he did mention that Uganda's kind of like the powerhouse in that region. <clears throat> um, he's oh, yeah. kind of trying to do like you know a uh, do-it-yourself baseball academy there, and from what he tells it, I mean, it sounds like it's going pretty good. I mean, it, it seems like Uganda and Kenya are kind of like the only countries that are even really make you know, having an effort made towards baseball. But, uh, uh, I mean, yeah. it, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say Uganda, Kenya, and Tanzania in that region. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, it would be cool to have baseball take off there. I mean, it sounds like you are of the opinion, which I never thought of this, but you, you're of the opinion that the in-person element of, you know, taking in a game is important. And, you know, I would agree with that. I love going to baseball games. I like it more than watching them on TV, although, you know, I'm still going to watch them on TV, but, you know, but going to the ballparks like a special thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean – it, it does seem like you might be right that it's kind of like right around when TV came out was when other sports started to take over. So, I mean, maybe over there just cause you know, they're, they're going out to do stuff, you know, they're out on the field. Maybe, maybe it will take hold over there. That would be cool. I would love it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the first step is to get people out there playing it and later mm -hmm. they might watch it. So sometimes okay. they try to do that in reverse order. It never works out very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I like about your channels. I know you did a sort of a longer video about how ba how baseball could grow in the world. And then you'd also do videos about, you know, baseball in the Philippines, baseball in Pakistan, whatever, and take a deeper look into these countries. And a lot of times you'd say, I remember you saying, you know, and if they want to grow it, they can do this, this, and this, which I think is really good instead mm -hmm. of just being like, oh, you know, the Philippines had Bobby Chouinard and that's it and Tim Tebow. You know what I mean? And just like moving on. I thought you did a good job of being like, you know, and here's how they could keep growing. And here's how they can grow the sport of baseball by doing this. So I, I guess what I want to know. Oh, oh, this is why I brought it up. Sorry. One of the things that I remember you mentioned was you did a video on India and how baseball could grow in India. And you said that one of the things they, they can do, and I haven't heard a lot of other people say this, is take like sort of the cricket cast offs and say, look, it's pretty similar maybe you're more suited to throwing overhand than to, I don't know if they throw underhand or, or no, they do like this straight arm thing. I don't know. I don't watch cricket. They but bowl. They yeah. bowl. Yeah, they bowl. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was really interesting. Is that a thing that you think is being explored at all or are you ahead of the curve? Uh, yeah, actually they've, uh, I read that in an article. They're taking, uh, yeah, kids who play cricket and introducing them to baseball in the off season or just, you know, doing both sports at the same time. And yeah, they can decide later if baseball is more suited to their skills or not. Uh, I think the same thing's been done in Australia, where you know it's mostly a cricket country. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the right approach. And Pakistan is doing the same thing now. Uh, all the other countries too. Uh, Pakistan has just done a better job of uh, building up a national team and everything else. Mm -hmm. so. Now, something that I thought of, and I don't know if there's actually anything to this, but something that I thought of, like historically is a lot of these countries where baseball seems to have taken hold early. It seems like, I don't think this is the case with Japan, but uh, I think it probably is with Korea and probably Australia also. It seems like these countries had a lot, like, honestly, a U.S. military presence there, mm. and they brought the game with them. And I'm pretty sure that Japan's baseball, you know, surge predates any sort of American military involvement there. Uh, it, do you know if that's true for Korea and Australia? Like, is there anything to this? Uh, as far as, yeah, as far as Japan goes, it was introduced in the 1800s and yeah. by the 1920s, yeah. it was already the biggest sport out here. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. well, it may have been like one of the biggest in the 1920s. Then when, uh, Babe Ruth and the other major league all-stars came out, that was 1930, uh, early thirties sometime. I think that's what really made it the number one sport out here. And uh, so that has nothing to do with uh, American troops being stationed here. Right, yeah. As far as Australia, the story I heard, it was when there was a gold rush out there. They found gold in Australia. Okay. And American prospectors came out and uh, introduced the game, played it in their free okay. time. And that's how it was introduced there. Korea, yeah. Korea, baseball was introduced in Korea <sighs> just after it was introduced to japan so made by the japanese or by okay. America. i'm not sure how it goes how the story goes there if taiwan just... it was introduced by japan uh, mm -hmm. when japan was uh, occupying taiwan okay so it actually kind of sounds like japan is responsible for pretty much all of the east asian interest in baseball so that i didn't know that <clears throat> uh, yeah and then also when you look at europe uh Germany and Italy have been playing baseball for a long time, especially Italy. That was right after World War II. Right. That's directly because of the uh, 
American military being stationed there. Okay. Um, Netherlands predates that. They've been playing baseball for a long time and get right, a lot good of old players from Caribbean yeah. islands. Um, Czech Republic is the really weird one because, uh, yeah, they've never had any uh, military bases there as far as I know. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. There's not much immigration between Czech Republic and uh, the United States. Uh, it's smaller than the other countries. And during the Cold War, it was communist and baseball wasn't allowed. Right. So I don't know how or why they suddenly got good at baseball and got a lot of kids to play it there. But it's working out yeah. well for them. They're a really interesting one, too, because it's not like there's a bunch of American expats or something <laughs> that like grew the gamers. It's like their national team, for the exception of Eric Sogard is just a bunch of like firemen and doctors and stuff who just love mm -hmm. baseball. Like, it's really interesting to see how like the grassroots growth that it had there. Yeah. I love that story with Czech Republic. Uh, have you seen the documentary that came out just last week? No, I haven't seen, we were just talking today about how we should watch it and like live stream it or something. Yeah. We wanted to do like live reaction. I don't know <laughs> if that would run afoul of any sort of like copyright or anything, but you know, uh, we'll figure know. something out. We'll yeah. figure something out. If if one of our eight viewers that that we would have for that is like the head of YouTube, then you know what? I'll take the hit on that. That'd be fine with me. <laughs> well, uh, so, cool thing about that video though, uh, is yeah, wait, get definitely watch it when you get the chance. Um, but that crowd they played in front of at Regensburg, Germany for the WBC qualifiers was so small. Uh, I think they had like a thousand fans there. You can mm -hmm. hear like individual claps and stuff like that. <laughs> I really wish they would have waited until after the actual WBC to make the documentary so they could contrast that with what their next game is going to be like. Right. Next, oh. they're going to be Tokyo Dome in front of 45,000 people. Yeah, it's going to be wild. It's going to be against Japan. Uh, that fireman might be out there pitching to Shohei Otani. <laughs> mm -hmm. that, uh, that game was crazy. remarkable to watch. I don't know if you watched mm -hmm. the qualifiers. But that was unbelievable to watch this dude who's not a baseball player just lull everybody to sleep with like 75 mile per hour heat. It was yeah. incredible. It was unbelievable. It was such like an underdog story. It was so cool. Yeah, dude, you're going not... against uh, ex major league hitters too from Spain. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, dude, you're, so... Not, you're not used to watching major league hitters face on camera fastballs that you can watch them drop before they get to the plate. And this dude was just flummoxing these dudes. Like all these guys with major league experience are just rolling over on 72 mile an hour fastballs. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, okay. So obviously you're baseball international and the whole point of it is countries around the world are playing baseball. What are some up and coming baseball countries that people should keep an eye on that aren't obvious to the, the average viewer? Okay, well, we've already talked about uh, Czech Republic and Uganda. Uh, Czech mm -hmm. Republic's already made it, um, and Uganda I've already talked about. Um, that's one you really need to look out for. Mm -hmm. uh, Uganda may be in, I'd say not the next WBC, but the one after that. They may replace Africa. Uh, South Africa as the top African country. Wow. Bold prediction. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say for sure, but uh, <laughs> the thing is, like I said, uh, starting last year, they've been sending – uh someone to play in the minor leagues last year it was dodgers this year pirates uh and one to play in college you know one each year they're going to keep doing that every single year and these guys are 16 to 18 years old so after 10 years of doing that what do you got you got 10 guys with college baseball experience in the u.s and 10 mm -hmm. guys with minor league baseball experience put that together it starts to look like the south african team the only difference is the ugandan guys are all under 30 Mm -hmm. So they could definitely compete with South Africa, at least in 10 years, you know? 
So by the next WBC, that's stretching it a little bit. I don't think that'll happen, but. Well, you know, I mean, listen, it, it would be cool. You got to trust the process, you know, hmm. in the, in the words of the great 50 cent, uh, whoever said progress was a slow process. Wasn't talking about me. Oh, that's your 50 cent <laughs> quote for the day. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. so anyway, what are some other countries you think might be bursting onto the scene? Um, just uh, name a South American country, and yeah, they could be really good at baseball. Um, mm -hmm. For a long time, there's been like this, you know, wall between the baseball world and the soccer world that uh, the baseball popularity ends at coastal Colombia, which is a part of Colombia that like sticks out into the ocean. If you look at it on a map, it looks like it's breaking off from Colombia. Mm -hmm. And then northern Venezuela, that's where everybody lives. You know, uh, southern Venezuela is all jungle. And that separates the baseball world from the soccer world there. It's starting to change now because since 2015, uh, over 3 million people have left Venezuela. Most of them have gone to other places in South America, and they brought baseball with them. So you can see baseball being played in Peru, in Chile. Uh, Argentina's developed uh, independently on their own. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, Brazil, they've produced three major league baseball players in the last 12 years before they didn't have any. Uh, theirs is more of independent, uh, independently doing it. Um, and of course, Colombia, they're going from, you know, one of the more minor uh, baseball countries to the powerhouse, right? Right, yeah, um, to relevant. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, it's just uh, coastal Colombia. It's the northern part that just sticks out into the ocean. It's a really small part of Colombia. Uh, most of the population lives in the rest of the country. So I'm waiting for baseball to become more of a national sport in Colombia, not mm -hmm. just specific to one region. And, yeah, and I think that's going to happen soon. It does yeah. kind of sound to me like, I mean, like we talked about how Japan it, uh, evidently spread baseball to Korea and Taiwan. And uh, you just mentioned that Venezuelans are in large part responsible <laughs> for the spread of baseball in South America. It kind of sounds like what you kind of have to do is get a foot in the door just in one country, and then there's a chance that maybe they would take it from there. And they're going to be, you know, I mean, they're not going to be completely culturally similar, but they're going to be more culturally similar. And East Asian yeah. baseball, you know, has a different character than American baseball for sure, which I'm sure is probably because the Japanese spread their version of the game. So, I mean is that something that you think could happen in Africa as well? Like Uganda becomes like the driving force over there. The way I picture the future, uh, just that, uh, Uganda would be like the hub for baseball in Africa. Mm -hmm. I think Africa is a huge continent, uh, you know, mostly poor, not poor everywhere, but, um, they're doing a good job now of introducing baseball in every single African country. A lot of that's coming from Japan. Once again, like mm -hmm. uh, Japanese embassy workers, Japanese volunteers, getting the equipment out there, getting them to play. So I imagine a future where, you know, some kid in Nigeria is just really good at baseball and he dreams about going to Uganda to make a name for himself, you know? Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. For them, America is so far away and so different and can really seem out of their league, you know? So uh, Uganda would be that great stepping stone, that one place where they could go. Um, and yeah, just build a baseball career from there. All right. I like it. I like it. 
Yeah, I, I do. I do like what you're saying of sort of these baseball outposts all over the world of like mm-hmm. Australia is the little hub for anybody who's good from New Zealand or Fiji or whatever. And then Japan, obviously. And then, you know, stuff like that. I, I hmm. I, I wonder if that's like an initiative that MLB and, K, and KBO and MPB and stuff try to do or if it just kind of happens, you know? Yeah, I don't know what their motive is there, if they're if that's what they're thinking, what I just said, or if it just kind of happens that way. But uh, it's going the right direction now. They've uh, pretty much ignored Africa forever, but now they're starting to pay attention to it. Like I said, Dodgers have an academy there, mm-hmm. training players, so it's going in the right direction. And not just in Africa, but other parts of the world, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that I've noticed, I don't know if you're a basketball fan at all, but I've noticed that MLB is just 10 years behind the NBA. So like whatever the NBA is doing that's successful, MLB a few years later goes, let's give that a shot. And so you can tell they're doing that with China and they're throwing everything they can at China because that's the NBA's moneymaker and it's just not working. But like they, uh, the NBA put a ton of effort into uh, Africa and they got guys like Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam and stuff out of there. And now it looks like MLB is starting to do that a little bit. Like, do you think... I don't really know what I'm asking here, but do you mm-hmm. think that sort of globalization is working or it's more difficult than that? Um, well, yeah, I'm not a basketball fan, but I do notice that uh, NBA is a lot smarter about uh, spreading their game around the world. Um, but of course, Jeez. basketball has a following, at least some kind of following in every part of the world already anyway. Mm. So people know basketball, they know the rules. Uh, even if they don't know the rules, they know the simplest part of it. Right. Baseball is a little harder to understand and like i said it's not tv friendly so you can't just watch it on tv and figure it out like especially when you're fielding the ball where you're supposed to be on the field because all you see is the batter and pitcher right um so it's baseball is a harder sell than basketball um and as far as a country like china that works for basketball because basketball was even before yao ming went to the nba so baseball doesn't have that advantage and they may be just wasting their time over there Right. Right. Yeah, that uh, is a good point. Do you I think know, that I, uh do you think part of the reason basketball gets bigger in these areas first is especially place like Africa or large parts of China still that we uh, are still pretty poor. Basketball is probably a little <laughs> bit cheaper to start playing than baseball. I mean, you don't really you, I mean, you need like baskets, you need a ball, but you don't need like as much of a specialized field as you do for baseball, you know, baseball bats break. You need a lot of baseballs. Everybody needs a glove, all that type yeah. of stuff. Catcher so gear. Yeah. Do you think that the cost barrier is part of the reason why maybe basketball catches on in these areas first? Well, I don't think so. Cause I think you were just comparing playing uh, baseball formally to playing basketball informally. Yeah, Cause maybe, if you play basketball yeah. the right way, you got to have a gym, you got to have, you know, the floor and, uh, True the raised baskets and everything it's a it's it can actually be really expensive uh baseball can be expensive too but if you play it with just a branch that you pulled off of a tree and a rock you know that you found on the ground uh then it doesn't cost anything so yeah you may be right about that maybe maybe it's because you know to me i'm like okay well you know i've played baseball and this is what it was like but i never played baseball with literally like literally just making it up on the fly yeah that's a good point you know (laughs) But like, I mean, I have also you. You watch like, uh, have you ever seen that clip of Mariano Rivera talking about his first baseball glove? And it was like a, it was like cardboard that he folded over like twice. And he was like, "Yeah, listen, if you if you fold it right, 
you can actually take a pretty good line drive with it and it'll cushion it. And he does it in front of the guy interviewing him. And they're like, you played with this? And he's like, this is all we had. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah a so, lot of the, some of the most successful countries in baseball are actually pretty poor. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, they all, of course, have the equipment. You think of like uh, countries like Nicaragua or something, you know, they, they do have the proper equipment to play. Right. I don't know what the average kid does there to play because I'm sure the average, like the poorest kid in Nicaragua, doesn't go to the store and buy a baseball bat. So right. I don't know how that works. But mm-hmm. right. Well, another country I wanted to ask you about is is Brazil, and I don't know how much you know about Brazil, but like you said, Venezuela is sort of is putting its tentacles into all these different countries. But Brazil seems to have its own kind of baseball scene, and I think it's mostly due to the <laughs> Japanese Brazilian population, but. One of the things, because we had Sean on the show and he was talking about this and he said he's been there before and his wife's Brazilian. And he was like, we look at Brazil and we go, oh, they're making strides. They had like five players in MLB. They have Tiago Vieira and stuff went over and was really good in MPB. And they're in the qualifiers and they had a lot of MLB guys and stuff. But he was like, if you go to Brazil, nobody cares. Like nobody knows what baseball is. Like, And that's, I don't know anything about it. Like, what do you, what do you think of the Brazilian baseball scene? Um, well, I know that uh, all baseball activity there is happening in Sao Paulo. That's where okay. the uh, Japanese population mostly lives, the Japanese-Brazilian population. Makes and a lot that's of sense. where almost all of the uh, major league players or prospects have come from. If you look at their hometown, is Sao Paulo or somewhere near there. So, um, yeah, the next great step would be to, uh, you know, get it get baseball played in Brasilia or Rio and just get it all around the country. Um, I think MLB's uh, goal in Brazil, though, is just to produce players for the major league system. They don't really seem interested in spreading it out, you know, building a professional league someday. That doesn't seem to be their aim. That's the problem. That's why it's been stuck in Sao Paulo the whole time. Hmm. Is this a Brazil-specific problem, or do they do this everywhere, where they take a short-sighted approach? Well, yeah, they always start somewhere. I was thinking... uh, like India, they just started in uh, Mumbai, I th- uh-huh. think. Uh, I might be wrong on it. But, uh, and yeah, ignored the other cities. Because you got one place, you can't start everywhere all at once. But uh, right now, they've been having success getting prospects out of Brazil. And they don't, the way they see it, if it's if it ain't broken, don't fix it, I guess. Man, that that's so frustrating. Like, I, I was talking to Tom about this one day, that I'm a big ABL guy. I really like the Australian Baseball League. And one of the things that bothers me, is obviously Australia is not a baseball powerhouse, but they've got like a, a good scene. They've produced like almost 40 big leaguers. Like they're doing fine. And one of the things that bothered me is the ABL was huge in the 90s and they had a lot of MLB guys come over or MLB prospects come over and play. And then I don't know why it folded. It was before my time. And in 2010, they started back up again and MLB funded like 75% of the league, I think. And it started, you know, they were growing and whatever. And then all of a sudden they just pulled the plug and they're like, figure it out. And I think it actually worked. And now it's private ownership and, and the league's doing well. But I don't understand, like, why MLB does that. Like, you you have the infrastructure there. You already have a baseball community that people like it. Like, what's $10 million to MLB? You know what I mean? Just throw it yeah. in Australia and see if you can get it to work. Right. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know why they pulled their money out of there. I think uh, maybe they thought it was just fine on its own. Um, it's still going today. Uh and they can still get crowds of over a thousand, sometimes over three thousand, like for the championship last week. Mm-hmm. So I think Australian baseball league is going to be all right. I don't think they need to, you know, support it, and they don't need to hold it like a baby, you know. But uh, 
they should definitely keep an eye on it, make sure it's still going. And uh, if they need to build it up anymore, then yeah, they definitely should. Um, yeah, Australia's only got what, 25 million people, I think. And it's a pretty crowded sports market. So I don't know how big baseball can get over there. There's got to be some kind of ceiling for it, I think. Right. And do you yeah, think I, th- I think it could kind of settle into the popular niche sport role. Like if you look at basketball in Australia, basketball like took off in the last like 20 years and then they won a bronze medal at the Olympics. And now they have like Ben Simmons and stuff coming out and playing. And it's like basketball is like solidly behind you know, Australian rules, football and stuff like that. But like, it's big. People like it. I feel like baseball, if everything goes right, they could get it to that level if everything goes right. But we're talking about MLB here. So what are the odds things are going to go right? Right. Yeah. Well, like you said, MLB is behind uh, the NBA and that sort of thinking. Also, a big thing for, you said in the last 20 years, I think that goes back to the uh, 2000 Olympics in Sydney, having a USA's dream team out there playing in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um really sparked a lot of interest uh i don't think you're ever going to have a situation where the best baseball players in the world go to sydney for a few weeks and play so right that is that's a good point actually it's a very good point yeah Um, i was going to mention that i mean they do that they have done that historically with japan but i mean japan was already a massive baseball country at the time like mlb players going to play against abl players it's like yeah they're kind of wasting their time going over there like they're just going to destroy them (laughs) yeah yeah that's not that's not really fair actually i would like to see more uh, mlb tours like they used to do like 100 years ago yeah Uh, the the rawlings tour that's the famous one they went to uh england i think they went to ireland too france Mm -hmm. uh built up the game there like i said before tv came out Baseball had some kind of following in Europe. Um, also, in the 30s, when they went to Japan, they also went to the Philippines. I can't remember if it was before or after, but it was the same tour. And at that time, baseball was the biggest sport in the Philippines. Hmm. Uh, and they've really ignored the Philippines since then, and basketball has become their biggest sport. Baseball's maybe not even in the top five there. Wow. So. Now, do you think there would and, be any hope? I don't know if this is a stupid idea or not, but it just popped into my head. Maybe sending the best players to these countries to do a tour wouldn't be like a great idea because you know you you send like the U.S. World Baseball Classic team to the Czech Republic again, they're wasting their time. If you sent like you know a tour of like prospects or something over there, you're not going to get the big American audience, but you know it's going to be players that are their top tier players on the world stage is there any potential in anything like that or do you think that's kind of silliness what do you think uh well if if it's a country like the czech republic where there already is some interest in baseball they would probably love to have a team of mlb prospects out there to play against and just to see how they do and they get more people than usual to show up i think that'd be great Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah the talent level of the team they send out has to be relevant to the interest in baseball there Right. Uh, one thing MLB tried to do last fall after the season was send out an all-star team to Korea. Right. And right. the team was full of, uh, not stars. Right. <laughs> and uh, right. Korea is a big baseball country. They expect stars. And not only that, the prices were just ridiculous. And most people didn't want to buy tickets. Ticket sales weren't going well, and they pulled the plug on the event altogether. So major oh. failure. 
Well, right. you know, I, I got to say, I'm shocked to hear that MLB tried to put something together and they didn't market it properly. <laughs> I mean, frankly, that's th- this is the first I'm hearing of anything. That, like is, that. that is beyond the pale. <laughs> no, I do like your idea, though, of matching up the talent. Like, I remember uh, right before the pandemic, the Doosan Bears went out to Australia and played against the Australian national team. And I thought that was perfect because the Korean national team is going to beat down the Australian national team. And I think the bears handily won, but that's a better way to do it. You know what I mean? Of saying, okay, we'll take one team of good guys against your best instead of our best against your best. I, I do like that. Um, yeah. So we got like three minutes as it says, is there anything we didn't touch on or anything that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, pretty much. That's it. Uh, I wanted to talk more about the uh, rosters, but uh yeah, we're running out of time, and I got other things to do here. So, right. Uh, well, we'll have you on uh, again and talk about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, man. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Where can people find you? Obviously, Baseball International on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, forgot what's my Twitter handle? Baseball I, at Baseball Intern One. Yeah, that sounds I think right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Just those two places. That's it. All right. Okay, great. Well, this has been a lot of fun, man. You were super knowledgeable. Thanks for going over all this and for putting up with us, really. Yeah, dude, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I'd glad be glad to come on again anytime. All right. Yeah, next all time right, we'll talk rosters. Yeah, all, all right. right. Well, yeah, well, enjoy the WBC if we don't see you before then and uh, enjoy the rest of your day since it's your morning. Okay. All right, take it see easy, you. man. Thanks. All right, dude, see you. So, Eric, thanks for coming on the show. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, Tom, I learned a lot. I mean, I, I fancy myself a baseball expert, but definitely not. I don't know as much about the overseas aspect as he does. Yeah, I feel like when I talk to him, like I feel like when I talk to somebody who doesn't know anything about baseball, they're looking at me and they're like, this guy knows everything. Yeah, It's it's like that in reverse when I when we were talking to him. Like I'm like, this yeah. guy literally, know, he's he knows the history of baseball in like Uganda. Dude, he knew about Tanzania. Like, like, yeah, yeah like, I didn't know about that. Like, do it literally. Like, I could just sit at his feet and just be like, "Just teach me," you know? Yeah, teach I me, won't. teach me your wisdom. And there is one way. <laughs> there is one way that you could do that. And honestly, you don't even have to sit at his feet. You can do it on your own time by if watching you, his YouTube channel. Yeah, or or if you're not into watching his YouTube channel, you could listen to his YouTube channel. And he's right. And don't, he's right. Don't you follow love, him on Twitter. Don't you love how flexible his medium is? It's he's like he knows he, he knows how to reach the maximum audience, which is something <laughs> that we cannot relate to in yep. any way. Yep. Yep. No, he's yeah. a super knowledgeable guy. Go ahead yes. and follow him at baseball intern one on Twitter and go follow his YouTube channel, Baseball International, for all of your baseball international needs. Um, and he was a super nice guy and super receptive. So if you have any questions or anything, tweet at him. I'm sure he'll answer. Okay. Um, I'm writing. I'm writing checks for him. I hope he can cash him. But yeah, yeah <laughs> he was great. He was super super nice. So Eric, thanks for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again. We could talk WBC rosters or you know how the tournament played out, that kind of thing. But that was really cool to get an, an insight into the Asian aspect of the game, but also the global aspect that I didn't know as much about. Yeah, I like that he was able to pull out like some. I, I mean, there was me versus trying to pronounce Japanese names, one of the worst matchups of all time. But in the middle of that, there was that that goodness that is. He knows all these NPB players that like you and I are like, oh, I don't know who that guy is. 
you know that uh, these are names that could very easily be pulled out of like the credits on like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 you know oh I don't know right. who that guy is I don't even know that he plays baseball and then he brings up like that guy Yamamoto oh he's actually a stud and he's like 23 and he's like probably one of the best pitchers in the world so you know the fact that he was able to say that you know and and give us uh, like a little bit of you know I don't I don't know if the inside scoop is the right term I know like, what you mean though yeah, it, like the scouting report on these guys that otherwise we would just be like, oh, well, there's, uh, yeah, that guy plays baseball. Right. So right. Th- that's that's my favorite part that, you know, th- and now I have a little bit more respect for the Japanese team for specific reasons instead of just that I know that they're good. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I always just knew they were good. I know they're a powerhouse, but like, I don't right. know about them. Yeah, yeah, you know no, all that, the guys cool. who were in MLB. You know, you're like, oh, Shohei Otani, wow. Yeah, you Darvish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that, that was really cool. That was awesome. So, Eric, thanks again for coming on. Um, as for what's coming up, we'll be, in a couple of days, we'll be interviewing Matt Tallarini, who is, he heads up uh, the World Baseball Network, which is a really cool website um, where they sort of just do a little bit of everything. Like, they've interviewed Mike Piazza and Mariano Rivera and stuff. But then mm-hmm. he also, like, they have articles up that are like the 10 best players in Australian history and stuff like that. So he's just a good dude. Um, it was really, it was really cool. And he has a podcast. I'm blanking on the name, but I'll, we'll obviously talk about it when he's there. Um, right. But it was, you know it, we'll was oh, wait, wait, wait. it was baseball without borders or baseball beyond borders. One of those. There two. you go. Um, but yeah, it but was, we it will was, drop the link in the description anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But Matt, Matt's a cool guy and he's super knowledgeable. I know on the Caribbean series, cause I listened to that on his podcast, but I think he knows a lot just about baseball around the world. So that'll be cool. It'll be like back-to-back episodes of just learning about the global game. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. So now before we go, okay, listen, I'm reluctant to leave our fans, you know, that obviously you have to leave them wanting more, but there is one thing that where we do not have to leave them wanting more. And that is, our socials so um can can you take our fans by the hand and walk them to where they can find us on the internet on the world wide web let me see what i can do all right hey stretch so if you would like to follow us on twitter oh you can find us at the baseball pod two right not the baseball pod one that no, that our, was taken. That is our forefather. Yeah, that was taken. We're <laughs> at the baseball pod number two. And Count if them. you want to if you want to email us, you can email us at the baseball pod at gmail.com. You know why? Because the baseball podcast was taken. So at the baseball pod at gmail.com. So if you guys have anything to say. Any cop, any criticisms, we're obviously willing to listen. Yeah. Any comments, if you want to just come on the show and play a game like Melvin Mora or Elmer Descends, we'd be more than happy to have you on. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. Our DMs are open on Twitter, I think. And uh, if not, they will be. Yeah, if not, they will be. And obviously, our Gmail account is open. So feel free to reach out and uh, obviously like and subscribe on YouTube at the Baseball Podcast. So anyway, this has been a lot of fun. Eric, yeah. one more time, thank you for coming on the show. Everybody look forward to Matt Tallarini, and I'm sure we'll have Sean on at some point again. And uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. So thanks for everybody for listening to the Baseball Podcast. Until next time, everybody.